Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change and when should we start building our rafts? Hello everyone, you may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to History Tea Time. I'm Lindsay Holiday, and I'm spilling the tea on history. My expertise is in European, specifically English history, but I'm fascinated by other cultures, past events, and people from around the globe. I love to learn and tell the stories of queens from outside of Europe. It does take a good bit of extra research for me to understand the historic context of times and cultures with which I am less familiar, but I love the challenge of learning something new, and I hope you do too. This three-part series on the Sultanate of Women, who rose to rule over the Ottoman Empire in the 16th and 17th century, turned out to be a surprise fan favorite, likely helped by the popular Turkish-language drama series Magnificent Century, which I actually didn't know about until after the first episode launched, but I was clued in by my awesome viewers. Please enjoy this three-part series on the remarkable Sultanate of Women. The Sultanate of Women Kurim Sultan Through most of history, queens have been kept out of power politics. Their jobs were to produce sons who might one day rule, daughters who could be traded in dynastic marriages, and to leave the ruling up to their husbands. Of course, traditional gender roles never stopped clever and ambitious women from claiming power where and when they could. Things were the same in the Ottoman Empire, where the Sultan kept a harem of hundreds of enslaved concubines, captured from all over the empire to bear his children. But from 1533 to 1656, a handful of remarkable women bent the harem system to their wills and exercised extraordinary political influence and power. This period is known as the Sultanate of Women. Let's meet the women who rose from sexual slavery to rule the Ottoman Empire. Hurem Sultan used her allure, cunning, and love of poetry to orchestrate a meteoric rise from enslaved concubine to Sultan's favorite. Suleiman the Magnificent was so devoted to her that he married her and made her his empress. 
Once in power, she did what she had to do, including prompting murder, to protect her sons and make sure that one of them would succeed their father to become Sultan of the Ottoman Empire. At birth, she may have been named Anastasia or Alexandra Lisowski. She was the daughter of a priest and was born between 1502 and 1506 in the territory of Ruthenia in what was then the Kingdom of Poland, but what is now Ukraine. In her childhood, she was kidnapped by Crimean Tartar slave traders during a raid on her village. She was probably first taken to the slave markets in Kaffa on the Crimean Peninsula. But the slavers realized that they could get a much higher price for the beautiful young girl by taking her to the capital of the Ottoman Empire, Constantinople. There she became a servant in the household of the Sultan's granddaughter. Anastasia, or Alexandra, was given the Persian name Khurem, which means the cheerful one. Around the time she was 15, she was purchased by Hafsa Sultan as a gift for her son, Suleiman, who had recently become Sultan of the Ottoman Empire. Hurem became one of the hundreds of enslaved women in the Sultan's harem. The Ottoman harem, or Forbidden Place, was the home of the Sultan's concubines and female servants. But it was also the home of his mother, aunts, sisters, daughters, and sons until they reached the age of 12. This gilded cage was set in the center of the royal court and only accessed by a secret entrance. Inside, the women lived in the lap of opulence and luxury. It was called the abode of felicity because other than their liberty, the women wanted for nothing. The harem was a tranquil and stunningly beautiful building, tiled in green, blue, and gold. The women could lounge on sumptuous furniture and rugs, and bathe in the placid pool in the middle of the complex. They were given the finest food, drink, and clothing, and musicians performed for their enjoyment. The women of the harem were highly educated and had access to an impressive library of books and scrolls, many of which contained drawings of the human form, frowned upon by strict Muslims. They spent their days doing embroidery, practicing skills of dancing, singing, and playing instruments, and being educated by the older women in the harem. The outside world of poverty and hunger was completely shut off from them, and through their windows they could only catch an occasional glimpse of the sea. It was forbidden for women of the harem or others to record details or even speak of their lives or emotions, so we have little idea of what they actually thought of their prison of pleasures. And the reason for the harem was the production of future sultans. The Sultan was considered outside and above the rest of society. Therefore, marrying a Muslim woman or foreign princess and fathering an heir by her would have tied the Sultans both politically and by blood to mere mortals. To maintain their elevated separation, the Sultans reproduced via their harem. This gave them many more opportunities to father future sultans, and enslaved women had few rights over their children. As the Quran forbid the enslavement of Muslims, the majority of these women were taken from Christian parts of Eastern Europe, Russia, Greece, and North Africa. 
to ensure that only the sultan was fathering children with his concubines. The harem was guarded by eunuchs, men who had been castrated. Some of these men were clean-shaven, meaning that all of their reproductive organs were removed. They carried silver quills, which they used to urinate. In other cases, their testes were twisted and crushed. These men might, over time, regain some sexual function, and there are multiple accounts of eunuchs having secret relationships with women of the harem. To ensure that the sultan would not be cuckolded, all of the eunuchs were dark-skinned Africans, so it would be clear if a concubine gave birth to the child of a eunuch. Contrary to the Western fantasies of orgies and the sultan throwing a handkerchief at the woman he wanted that night, the emperor's bedmates were selected by his mother. She was the queen bee of the harem, and she held the power to make or break the women in it. The potential mothers of future sultans were chosen not only for their beauty and health, but also for their intelligence, as they would be the ones to advise their royal prodigy in the future. Those women that the current mother deemed worthy would be instructed to bathe in a pool below her son's apartment. Then he would have the opportunity to observe the women and make his selection. Hurem's striking beauty and unusual red hair caught the attention of Suleiman the Magnificent. Once chosen, she was taken to the bathhouse and given face and beauty treatments, her hands and belly painted with henna. All of her body hair was coated in arsenic paste and scraped off with a muscle shell. Once cleansed, the older women of the harem congratulated the lucky concubine and gave her tips for pleasing the sultan, while dressing her in fine clothes and jewels. The women and musicians would lead her to the door of the sultan's chamber. A eunuch announced her arrival, and once the sultan commanded her to enter, she bowed before him and crawled from the foot of the bed to reach him. While he was with her, the musicians continued to play outside the door. The practice was for the sultan to enjoy a concubine for a handful of nights, but then move on once he grew bored of her or she became pregnant. But Hurem charmed Suleiman in some unknown way, and he requested her again and again to the exclusion of all others. In addition to her unusual ginger beauty, Horem had many other attributes which might have kept the sultan's attention after his lust was sated. She had a pleasant, cheerful personality and was brightly intelligent, open-hearted, and candid. She was a lover of poetry and could recite a great many ballads. This might have been what impressed the sultan, who was also a great admirer of verse. Before long, Hurem was firmly placed as his favorite. This naturally evoked jealousy among the other residents of the harem, particularly with Mahida Ran, the sultan's old favorite and the mother of his eldest son. Mahida Ran insulted Hurem, called her soiled meat, hit her and scratched her face. The next time the sultan called for Hurem, she replied that she was unworthy of his attention as she was soiled meat. 
Intrigued, Suleiman called her again, and this time she appeared, scratches and all, and recounted the attack. By getting her side of the story to Suleiman first, Hurem further secured her own position and pushed Mahidevran further out of his affection. But Hurem's greatest triumph was the birth of a son, Shehzad or Prince Mehmed. The harem had a strict convention, one mother, one son. Mothers were their son's most trusted advisors, and each mother-son pair were partners in a deadly struggle for power. When a sultan died, the throne did not automatically go to his eldest son as it did in most European countries. Instead, all of his sons had equal right to inherit. They would race to gain power and support, and the one who came out on top and was acclaimed the next sultan would eliminate his rival brothers by having them strangled. Once Hurem gave birth to a son, the sultan was expected to move on to other concubines. But he remained captivated by Hurem. Over five years, she gave birth to six children, five sons, Mahmed, Abdul, Selim, Bayezid, and Chihangish, and a daughter, Mirima. Her youngest child, Chihangish, was born with the disability of a malformed spine. But by the time of his birth, Hurem had secured Suleiman's dynasty and her own place within it, destroying her rival Mahidevran's position. But the Ottomans were unused to a sultan being devoted to one woman, and rumors went about that Hurem was using witchcraft to seduce Suleiman. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. A pair of Russian women with red hair were brought into the harem to try and tempt him from the path of fidelity. Hurem wept before Suleiman, and he gave the new women away. Other eligible concubines were also given away as brides to top advisors. Sultan Suleiman composed this poem for his beloved Hurem. 
throne of my lonely niche, my wealth, my love, my moonlight, my most serene friend, my confidant, my very existence, my sultan, my one and only love, the most beautiful among the beautiful, my springtime, my merry-faced love, the one only who does not distress me in this world, my woman of the beautiful hair, my love of the slanted brow, my love of eyes full of mischief. I'll sing your praises always. I am happy. Fourteen years after their first night together, Suleiman did the unthinkable. He freed Hurem and married her in a magnificent ceremony. He named her Hatseke Sultan and elevated her to the level of Empress Consort. She was given an allowance of 2,000 aspers a day, making her the wealthiest woman in his empire. Both Ottomans and foreigners were stunned that the Sultan had raised a lowly enslaved woman to be his queen. Now called Hurem Sultan, she moved out of the harem and into grand apartments next to her husband's. This flew in the face of the decree made a hundred years earlier by Sultan Mahmed the Conqueror that no woman would be allowed to reside in the same building where government affairs were conducted. Hurem Sultan now had great influence on politics outside of the closed circle of the harem. She built up her own diplomatic relationships, particularly with King Sigismund II of Poland, ruler of her homeland. Hurem was instrumental in securing the Polish-Ottoman alliance and peace between the two great powers. She was known as Roxelana by Europeans, probably in reference to her Ruthenian origins. Hurem secured the love of the people by commissioning a great many building works in service of the public. She built several mosques, schools, fountains, bathhouses, a woman's hospital near the slave market, and soup kitchens which fed thousands of poor people each day. Under Hurem's example, other women throughout Ottoman society were able to achieve greater influence. While Hurem was doing good, Suleiman was away, conquering new lands and expanding his empire. He sacked Belgrade and Buda, destroying the Hungarian ruling class in the process. Then he held Vienna under siege for a month, but was forced to retreat. All the while they were apart, Suleiman and Horem sent love letters and poems to each other. She wrote, if the seas were to become ink and the trees pens, when could they write an account of this parting? There is no limit to the burning anguish of separation. Let my soul gain at least some comfort from a letter. Your sons and daughter weep from missing you. Horem also revealed in her letters her fear for the safety of her sons. With the sultan away on the battlefield and his children growing into men, the day when the rival heirs would face off for the crown was growing ever closer. Suleiman's eldest son, Mustafa, the child of Hurem's old rival, Mahidavran, was favored by both the army and the grand vizier, Ibrahim Pasha. 
Ibrahim himself had been enslaved as a child, but his wisdom and cunning soon saw him promoted to the position of vizier and the sultan's right-hand man. The men worked and dined together and had a very close relationship. Suleiman gave his sister in marriage to Ibrahim, much to the annoyance of Khorem. She made her dislike of the vizier plain to her husband. But Ibrahim made the mistake of growing arrogant. He became wealthy incredibly quickly, and it was Khorem who let her husband know of his corruption and acceptance of bribery. The vizier bragged, Though I am the sultan's slave, I could make a prince out of a stable boy and give kingdoms to whomever I choose, and my lord will say nothing against it. The sultan invited Vizier Ibrahim to supper in his chambers. They talked late into the night and fell asleep. Out of love for his longtime friend, he had him garroted with a bowstring, the style of execution reserved for princes, so there would be no spilling of royal blood. The next morning, Ibrahim's body was found outside the palace. Suleiman's sister came to him and blamed him for her husband's death, and Suleiman ran to Harem's arms for comfort. Without Ibrahim favoring Mustafa, Hurem's own eldest son, Mahmed, stood a better chance of becoming sultan after his father. But Mahmed was struck down by smallpox at the age of 21. Another of her sons, Abdul, also died of the disease. Prince Mustafa, in his 30s, was tall, handsome, and brave. He was a warrior and a hero to the army, and he looked the ideal candidate to rule the empire. Hurem was terrified of Mustafa taking the throne because that would mean certain death for her three living sons. She made an alliance with the new Grand Vizier, Rustem, and married her daughter, Mirhima, to him. Rustem was in the ideal position to whisper slander against Mustafa in the Sultan's ear. He told his master that his eldest son was plotting to overthrow him. When Mustafa heard these allegations, he was horrified and rushed to Iran where his father was camping with the army while on campaign. He came into Suleiman's tent, but before he had a chance to defend himself, guards seized him and strangled him while his father cheered them on. Hurem was widely blamed for the murder of the popular prince. Now nothing stood in the way of one of Hurem's sons becoming the next sultan. But which one? Her youngest son, Chihangish, died of grief following his half-brother's murder. This left two brothers, Selim and Bayezid, as rivals for the throne. Hurem knew that for one of her precious children, the future would hold power, majesty, and the throne of one of the greatest empires in history, and for the other, death at the end of a bowstring. Perhaps then, it was fortunate that Hurem did not live to see her sons fight to the death over the crown. In her fifties, she fell seriously ill, her husband of 38 years kept vigil at her bedside until she died on April 15, 1558. Following her death, Bayezid took up arms against his father and brother, 
and the Sultan had him executed as a traitor. Suleiman became devoutly religious, morbid, and deeply depressed. The emperor who had once dined on golden platters and changed his silk garments multiple times a day took to eating from an earthenware bowl and wearing clothes of plain linen. After pining for his lost love for eight years, Suleiman the Magnificent joined her in death and was buried with her in Suleimanye Mosque. Their son became Sultan Selim II. Though she had dedicated much of her life to making sure one of her sons became the next sultan, Horem inadvertently ushered in a new era of the rule of sultanas. For the next century, the Sultanate of Women, made up of the wives and mothers of successive sultans, exercised more political and social influence and power than women ever had before or since in the Ottoman Empire. Most of these women, like Khurem, arrived in Constantinople as enslaved concubines. Khurem Sultan was vilified in her own time, much like her contemporaries, Queen Elizabeth I, Catherine de' Medici, and Mary Queen of Scots, for being a woman who dared to claim power. But she is still regarded as a role model of strength, cunning and motherly devotion by women in Turkey and throughout the world. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'll be putting out new episodes each Tuesday, revisiting and revamping my most popular YouTube videos. Thank you for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend, the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.